how would teenager Ryan have reacted to this? I probably would have been intrigued and thought this was very mature writing. Like, oh my God, this is a real adult comic book. It's this gritty version of New York. They're talking about people in their apartments and rent control and all these adult type of topics. For adults, they would just go completely over my head. Probably is because I'm not sophisticated enough as a kid. To but that would have made it cooler. Exactly. Yes, that would have made it cooler. When I was a kid and I read something and I didn't understand it, I just assumed that it's because I'm not sophisticated enough. And now when I look at something and don't understand it, I just think the writer just fuck it up. <laughs> Both like silent steel in the dead of the night Although we both lie close together We feel miles apart inside Was there something I said or something I did Did my words not come out right? Though I tried not to hurt you Though I tried But I guess that's why the same Every rose has its thorn Just like So a masked man, a Beowulf man, and a little girl walk into a bar. Is the punchline Grendel's mama? Oh, it is. Except it's no joke. It's this week's spooky comic. Holy tentacles and body horror, Batman. Save that for next week, old chum. For now, it's just the twin blades of justice. Trick or treat, motherfuckers. I'm Roman Segel. And I'm Ryan Joe. And we are two dudes who didn't get the memo that the grim and gritty 90s are over. Bust out your trench coats and neon fanny packs full of cocaine. This week, we are reading Matt Wagner's Grendel, or at least the first part, the Grendel Omnibus. Grendel is a really long-running series of noir comic books. Which you should know because the Grendel Omnibus is really only the first part. (laughs) Red, white, and blood, baby. Which, as the creator Wagner said, ultimately evolved into a study on the nature of aggression. But for me, it's just about an anti-hero that poses the question, what if Batman were a vigilante mob boss with a sweet double pointy stick? He's also got a little girl ward who reminds him of the love of his life and a Native American werewolf nemesis, all of which seems pretty politically incorrect these days. (laughs) Make werewolves great again? Ah, yes. Beyond the worst of the East Coast criminal underworld who is destined to meet the pointy end of Grendel's stick, his nemesis is Argent, an ancient Beowulf man. What? What that means, Roman? What? I don't. It's the first line of Beowulf, and it means, listen up, motherfuckers, in Old English. What? (laughs) Not surprisingly, Grendel was an indie comics hit that launched in the 80s and became all the rage in the grim and gritty 90s, and we can see why. At first, the comic follows Hunter Rose, a.k.a. Grendel, an assassin who ascends to the top of New York City's criminal underworld. Ironically, the Grendel omnibus, like this podcast, gets silly things like plot out of the way up front. The first 30 pages features an illustrated origin story that completely spoils everything with macro plot summaries, which gives Wikipedia a run for its money. From there, it's a bunch of one-shots illustrated by various artists telling micro details of Grendel's adventures in various styles, illustrated by now superstar artists like Tim Sale, Guy Davis, Mike Allred, Derek Robertson, Michael Avon Oming, Jill Thompson, and many more. And then eventually, they do choose to wrap up with a little bit of plot at the end. Now, Grendel has had an on-again, off-again history, with new series popping up every few years, given his iconic status. In fact, in 2009, his first incarnation from this week's omnibus read, Hunter Rose, was rated by IGN as the 88th greatest villain of all time. You think he puts that on his LinkedIn? 
Who do you think is number 87? My cat. What about number 76? Jonathan Kreiner. Number one? Globochem or Unilever. (laughs) Aren't they the same thing? Anyway, eventually Grendel as a series would evolve into something much different with the character of Grendel apparently becoming a spirit that possesses many different people like Jesus or Vishnu. More recently, it was announced that Grendel is finally getting his very own Netflix series with creator Matt Wagner at the helm and starring Abukar Ali as Hunter Rose. I want a Netflix series too, or at least I want the money. I promise that's not the reason we read some of these books. We're doing this for all of our fans like Auntie Pinky. Only reason, the only reason we keep doing this damn thing. (laughs) I don't even want to talk to you anymore. (laughs) But Ryan, I know we said that we never wanted this podcast to feel like work, but what did you think of Grendel? So actually, it it was a really interesting way of telling a story. The first issue is literally this, as you mentioned, a Wikipedia-esque summary of some person's life who we have no attachment to. Of the (laughs) whole thing. thing. And then, but what happened afterwards is that you basically get little fragments of story that happened throughout this person's life, illustrated by different artists. And completely different styles and experiments, too. And completely different styles. And I actually really enjoyed that. I had a lot of problems with the story, with the meta story. I had problems with individual stories, but I was really just fascinated by the way they told this epic story of this person's life from his origin as Grendel to him hooking up with his ward Stacy to his end. And telling that story in fragments where you don't ever get really the full story added to the mystique of this character. And also telling it with very, very different artists, because most of the time the story is not really told through Grendel's point of view, it's told through the point of view of Grendel's victims. And so it (laughs) creates a different perspective. Each victim, each person has a different perspective on the character. So I was actually really fascinated by the way this whole thing came together. I don't think it would have worked as well if it were like a cohesive narrative. It allows Grendel to, as a fictional character, to achieve this almost like mythic status. Like he's seen, to your point, he's seen through the eyes of the victim. No one really knows what's going on. Although sometimes they show what's going on with the secret identity. And and again, as I texted you, as I just finished this like 15 minutes ago, it, it bookends with actual plot. So it opens up with the Wikipedia summary, which is very plot driven. It's a bunch of like one shot perspectives and it closes with more plot. It literally resolves things nicely with a little bit of mysticism. And I almost wish the first part wasn't there. And I actually wonder, did he write the, did the first part published mm. first and then he went back and did it? Because it, I almost wanted to go in cold like the victims, like piecing pieces together with every issue. It would have just been weirder, not really understanding what Grendel is about. And Yeah, I, I agree with you there, right? Because immediately, actually, so, so initially I was gratified to have that summary because you at least know what you're reading, but you do lose the joy of discovery, I suppose. And you think about the theatrical release version of Blade Runner versus the director's cut or the theatrical release version of Dark City versus the director's Mm -hmm. cut, where both of them open with this narration explaining, this is the world. And in a way, that Wikipedia entry opening um, was explaining literally, this is the world, not only this is the world, but this is the plot from beginning to end. Here's what's going to happen later on. Right. So actually, the Wikipedia entry in the case of Grendel works versus in like Blade Runner and Dark City, it undermines. And that's because, and this is an issue with Grendel as a whole, 
the individual episodes that you get don't really give you that much about who Grendel is. They're not really designed to feed you the story and clue you in on what the story is. It's most of the the episodes is Grendel just killing somebody. Yeah, it's just cool shit. Cool wish It's cool shit. shit. So you yeah. so you, it's really not giving you enough story or enough clues to figure out who this man is, why he's doing what he's doing, why he has this ward named Stacy, why he's being pursued by a wolf man. So you actually need the introduction to explain what the hell is going on. And honestly, if Wagner were a stronger storyteller in those individual fragments, you wouldn't need that opening story. And it would actually create a very interesting sensibility as you leap into this world and try to discover who he is. But as it stands, as written, I don't think there's enough there in those individual vignettes for you to piece it together. My hunch, I'm not sure. Well, again, this is a compiled omnibus that we read. And I tried to do a little bit of digging on what the publication history of all this stuff was, and it was hard for me to find out. But that opening Wikipedia entry almost feels like I'm going to write the Grendel Bible before I go make the Grendel comic, right? And later on, it's illustrated. And he literally has the blueprint here. In fact, when I finished reading that first part, that first chapter, whatever you want to call it, I was like, oh, so the story picks up from here. This is all the backstory. And it took me a few of those one shots to realize, oh, I see what we're doing now. We're just going to go live in this world that we already established and built and wrote a Bible on. But what kills me is it's a really good Bible. Like, it's a great Bible. And it's almost like, okay, so let's pick little vignettes out of like literally each word box of that Bible and make each one an issue where it doesn't literally have to go through that, but you hit some of the beats. And he almost had the thing ready for him to do and he chose not to do it. Now, to be fair, it's like a plot sandwich with like violent wish fulfillment in the middle. And the individual issues are just fucking cool. There's not a lot to them. They're just like cool thought experiments mm. on the Grendel world. You, you were actually talking in some of our other episodes, Luther Arkwright, as an example, the new world issues. Those were comics that were released very, very sporadically and in small chunks, and then we consume them as a whole. And you were talking in those episodes how you wish you had consumed them as they were released, like a little bit Not at reading a time. it in two-night binges, right. Right, which is exactly what we did with Grendel. And do you think that undermined you know, our enjoyment of Grendel? I, I actually thought about texting you. Um, so four nights ago, I decided to, I have had this book from the library for a while, sitting on my shelf. In fact, my wife, when she saw me reading it, she's like, you've had that for like a month. Why? I thought, didn't you guys already do an episode? And so four nights ago, I tried starting it, and the Wikipedia entry was like a non-starter. I just wasn't in the place to read it. So then the third night, I tried, and it was a slog, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, this is 600 pages. I almost texted you to like delay and postpone this episode, because I was like, am I really going to binge this in two nights? I get the feeling that this is something that feels like a slow burn. So to answer your question, maybe not like a like one issue a night or one issue a week or a month as they were coming out, right? Building the mystique of Grendel, like the fans got it in the eighties and the nineties. But this book should be read in probably four or five sittings, the Wikipedia entry, give it two sittings, the one shots read three a night, like to get through them. And that final plot piece with the detective and the reporter and the, the voodoo mysticism, that that's a solid read by itself, because by that point you've established everything. And you think this is coming to a finish. So again, to answer your question, yeah, this needs to be split up. This is a nice, it's an omnibus. 
leave it on your bedside and read a little bit every night before you go to bed. Would you read the Wikipedia entry? I mean, I said earlier, I wish I hadn't. But yeah, I, I stand by that. Yeah, don't read the Wikipedia entry. And again, to people listening to this podcast, all 5,000 of you, <laughs> divided by <laughs> divided by 4,000, I, I would say, you've, we've already ruined a little bit of, of this for you, but if this is intriguing, yeah, skip the Wikipedia entry. Just go into it if you just, but again, you, then you might just be turned off by like the sheer violence of all of it, right? There's no rhyme or reason because- to your point, Ryan, the couple of times that they, sh- like, I'll, I'll use the Stacy example. In the Wikipedia entry, they clearly explain how Stacy discovered what the fuck was going on, mm-hmm. and then Stacy's machinations. So then you get into the middle of the book, and you have an issue that shows Stacy's discovery mm-hmm. of everything. And it's actually a really well done thing. It's a, well good, it's a thing. good episode. It's a good issue. It, it's a great issue. It's it's juxtaposing these, like, full bleed images of just Stacy playing with her toys, just having a, a typical evening at home where her mentor, Hunter Rose, is not there. But every caption has nothing to do with Stacy playing alone by herself. Every caption is basically a news story of a mob boss being murdered. Yeah. And it closes on the reveal of this was Grendel's like underworld machinations and Grendel revealing himself to the police and Stacy overhearing that. Which is something that's clearly explained in the Wikipedia plot century at the front. But I would have much rather loved just reading that by itself, if that makes sense. Because the reveal at the end is so powerful. But once I figured out what was going on, I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. It went from being what could have been like uh, a 10 to a seven and a half or an eight. That's my issue with Grendel, is that Matt Wagner chooses to dramatize the moments that are coolest from maybe a visual standpoint. But the moment in Grendel's story that is most interesting, which is Stacy's betrayal, Stacy's discovery, her disillusionment mm-hmm. and her betrayal, hardly any of that ever shows yeah, up. Yeah, you, you jump from the next thing. The next issue is literally the result of the machinations and the betrayal. You don't show you, anything in between. There is one issue that's pretty good where they're talk where she's where you're talking about Grendel and this devil, and then you realize that it's actually Stacy telling the story from an insane mm. asylum, the adult Stacy telling the story from an insane asylum, which I thought was really cool. So there's this, he always shies away from writing the psychological violence that would happen when Stacy realizes that the man she trusts the most in this world is a murderer, a, a serial killer. And in favor of stories about Grendel going after some small town crook, killing the crook, and then that's the end. And there are multiple stories of that, just Grendel killing somebody in different creative ways. And after a while, it gets very, very boring. The most interesting stuff is the drama between him and Stacy, the fragmentation of that relationship, how it comes to a head. How does Stacy fuck with Grendel? How does Grendel react to being fucked with? Does he ever realize that Stacy is the one fucking with him? We don't know because that's never dramatized. And that's actually the biggest disappointment is that Matt Wagner just does not give us the most interesting aspects of Grendel's life. But I I actually, it's a missed opportunity is what I would say. Oh, huge missed opportunity. But it it leaves you wanting more. And the thing I want to give credit to this book is it could have done the standard narrative arc. But it chose just to be like fun, cool murder scenes. <laughs> like it's clearly he was having fun and doing whatever the fuck he wanted. Whatever he woke up and felt like doing with Grendel that month is what he did, basically, with like yeah. loose sketches of moving this thing along. But he already wrote the Wikipedia summary, so it's fine. And kudos to that for 
having the license to just do this thing. But maybe it, it got a little bit repetitive because maybe that's just what the fans wanted. They just wanted to see Grendel fucking some people up from a civilian's point of view. And every every fourth chapter will actually move the plot along. Here's my ambivalence with that structure. I already said that it's kind of cool. It helps cultivate that mystique around Grendel. And again, because you have different artists doing it, you have a different perspectives on Grendel, quite literally. But what I also think that structure does is that it keeps Wagner from having to actually stitch together an interesting character arc for this okay. guy. Mm-hmm. And it camouflages the fact that he doesn't have one. So I do wonder if you were actually to put this into a narrative that's much more conventional, would those weaknesses be exposed? I'm honestly not sure because obviously that's not the way he told the story. Let me ask the question a different way, Ryan. A lot of the comics we've read on this podcast are retreading things that we read in our youth sometimes, right? And back in the 90s when we were teenagers reading X-Men and Teen Titans and shit, you know, we didn't have a sophisticated palette. And Grendel was a comic that was coming out back then. And I saw it in Wizard. I People would do same here with Grendel, but I as never well as, read it. Here, as well as Hero Illustrated. Do you remember that, Roman? Did you know oh, yeah. Hero oh, Illustrated? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but you and I never picked up Grendel, maybe because we no. didn't know how to get indie comics back then. Image was the most indie we could get. Uh, Dark Horse, That's like I knew help. True. That's probably yeah, true. But, uh, and so let me ask you the question a different way. How would teenager Ryan have reacted to this had he read this book in the 90s? I probably would have been intrigued and thought that this was like very mature writing. And it, Exactly. It's like Kevin Smith. I, I say that because of how I reacted to Spawn when I first saw it, when I was probably a preteen, and I looked at mm. it, and it was so different from what Marvel was doing. And it felt like, oh my God, this is like a real adult comic book. This is how... And of course, Grendel, is, they're dealing with the mob and, and crime. It's more and, Frank and Miller stuff. than Todd it's, McFarlane. It's more Frank, yeah. Exactly. It's more Frank Miller than Todd McFarlane. It's this gritty version of New York. They're talking about people and their apartments and rent control and all these adult type of topics. The only superhuman thing is the werewolf, right? Exactly. And so as a kid, I would have looked at that and been like, oh, wow, this is a very adult comic. This is like superheroes for adults, which it is. But reading it now in my late 30s, it mm-hmm. feels a little bit juvenile. Well, but uh, here's what I'd say. Agreed to statements about Spawn earlier. I wish I had read Grendel instead of Spawn. Like Spawn gave me a buzz for like four issues and then I read it for another 30 just because and I regret doing it. I didn't get anything out of it. Empty calories. I would have oh, loved I love Spawn. It. It's a bad, it's a bad comic book. I agree with you, but I, I Spawn was but back transformative then, I, for me. But you were older while, than me. That's the other thing. By like two years. You still are. Yeah, you still sure. are. That's, that's significant when you're a teenager. That's fair. That's fair. Those years matter more. But teenage Roman would have appreciated reading monthly issues of Grendel in the 90s more than monthly issues of Spawn. Because to your point, Spawn, and I have no disrespect to fantasy and magical realism, McFarlane and Liefeld, the two main image guys at the time, even like another image comic, Shadowhawk. I, I thought a lot about Shadow- Shadowhawk. Shadowhawk. Shadowhawk was a grim and gritty version of Batman by Image Comics. Slash Wolverine. He had the Wolverine mask. Anyway, point is, Grendel did it better than those other dark, grim and gritty comics from the 90s. I'm not, to your point, it doesn't hold up by my 40-year-old sensibilities. Reading it in the 2020s after I've read novels and great stories and epics, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, not really. We're, po- we're poking holes at it. 
but this comic would have been the shit <laughs> mm. had I read it in the 90s. And and where uh, one thing I want to revisit is some of those indie comics that were coming out at the time and we were just reading Image and X-Men. Like, I, I wonder that a lot of the Dark Horse stuff, there's a ton of great Dark Horse stuff like Ghost and Concrete and we've talked about Hellboy. Does it hold water to our adult sensibilities? Because the people who are reading this, the teenage Roman and Ryan didn't know how to get this comic book. But the 30-year-old comic book fan in the 90s was reading all of this Dark Horse stuff. So I, I wonder how the rest of that stuff holds up, because this would have blown my mind back then. It didn't yeah, blow it probably... my mind because I've seen so much since then. You, you're too old, Raman. You're too old. But yeah, you're right. Also, again, the storytelling structure is also very, very unusual for a superhero comic. It almost reminds me of like Citizen Kane, right? With that non-linear narrative. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Gr- Grendel is very much like that. But of course, at this point in time, you see Citizen Kane and that non-linear narrative is it like... seems uh, derivative. Everyone does that. Everyone does Oh my that. God, I've seen so many Christopher Nolan movies. Right. And so Grendel, a lot of the tricks that he pulls that might have been very innovative. When did he actually start Grendel? Is it 82? Yeah, 80, 82, 85. He, he did some of it for Comico and it went bankrupt. And then he picked it back up and it picked up steam in the 90s. So, so it probably had a yeah. cult following by the time he got to Dark Horse. Yeah, out. Grendel, the two comics that had the biggest mystique for me when I was a kid was Grendel and Cerebus. Because I knew that those were two like indie comics that I just felt would just go completely over my adult comics. They're for adults. They would just go completely over my head. They probably would have. And I also probably at the same time would have been like, what I don't understand probably is because I'm not sophisticated enough as a kid. To but that would have made it cooler. That, no? Oh, no, no, exactly. Yes, that would have made it cooler. Like when I was a kid and I read something in a comic book or a novel and I didn't understand it, I just assumed that it's because I'm not sophisticated enough to understand it. And now when I look at something and don't understand it, I just think the writer just fucked it up. (laughs) I really, this book, I swear, like I, I, at the end of it, I'm glad I read it. I'm glad I finally closed the book on the mystique of it. I got a couple other volumes of Grendel, including like Grendel Batman, which I'm going to go read after this just to do it. And then just kind of close the book on Grendel forever. But I'm genuinely curious now. You're not going to read all of the other omnibuses? Maybe in a few years. We can retread that. Too many other things to read, Ryan. But I do want to read, like, Cerebus. You bring up Cerebus. Like, we've meant, we've mentioned that a couple of times on this podcast. I would love to try Cerebus. I would love to try Usagi Yojimbo. I would love to revisit Concrete and Ghost and uh, Hellboy. And again, these were those books that were over our head when we were kids. And I, now that I know enough about a thing or two or a thing or two, why not? Yeah. So speaking of knowing a thing or two about a thing or two, can we talk about his relationship with Stacy, his young ward? Because that made me a little bit uncomfortable as I started reading it. And I thought, well, maybe it's just like Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. Hey, whatever. But then there's this line later on in the comic where... Yeah, tell me. Uh, so by I'm, the way, you, you sent me a text of a uh, picture of one of those pages. Where exactly is that? Because I want to look at it. It is page 445, and it's one of the prose sections. And let me yeah, describe yeah. the image that appears next to it. Stacy is in a dress, and Hunter is behind her, glowering menacingly at the camera. His face is in shadow. And here's the text. So just for our readers or our listeners, our one listener, Hunter, as a young boy, had a crazy affair with a woman named Jocasta Rose, and that's how he got his name, Hunter Rose. He took his name from the love of his life. Who, who died, like, an yeah. older woman. Yeah, she. well, he was like 17, she was 30, and she died of cancer. She died young. Mrs. Robinson. It, right, and then he eventually adopts this 
young girl named Stacy, saving her from a pedophile. So here's the line. Hunter saw in Stacy many of the same qualities that he adored about Jocasta Rose and, in turn, that Jackie had seen in him. There are several journal entries wherein he refers to a half-hearted belief that Stacy could, in fact, be the actual reincarnation of his long-lost love. And this is like a, she's like a 10, 11-year-old girl. So that's where I was, before I was sort of like, it's a little bit weird the way he relates to Stacy. He always, oh my darling, oh my chickadee, but felt very strange but i all of hunter's dialogue feels like if you're a teenager trying to write somebody who's very smart that's the dialogue that you would give that character but that section solidified to me like oh okay there's this weird sexual attraction between him and See, his i ward. didn't go there like so you mentioned that and i was looking for it and i get like the seduction of the innocent if some guy says, says this girl, this little girl is the reincarnation of my long lost love, you wouldn't be like, what the fuck, man? Yes, I would. Okay. But, that, that, but, okay. But there is no, there is no articulation of. No. Yes. There is no articulation of it. It, it is, it is in the sense. And so that, that's my point because, because literally a statement you said earlier like there, there's these like science fiction novels about humans who go settle on Mars and find out how to live like 400 years, right? So the difference between 300 years old and 250 years old is inconsequential. So if he was biding his time for her to be 18 and him to be 40, and again, I'm not condoning that by any means because that's fucking weird, but like, or her to be 40 and him to be 60, and he wants to nurture along and protect this person who he has like a deep soul bond with. Like, I get it. It's fucking weird, but it doesn't take me to the place of he's not a pedophile in, the, in that's implied I, that. Uh, yeah. So this is one of those things where I feel like that's implied. I I, I don't think Wagner. So do you, do you remember watching like Annie Hall or Manhattan, right? There's always these characters who are like totally into these high school girls and mm -hmm. it's meant to be like, oh, okay, it's fun. That's fair. That's it's fair. just, That's it's fair. a different, it's, a, it's obviously the mores are a little bit different, but at the same time, but to, but to play out, that's just play easy the, as fuck. No, go on. But to play out the Batman thing, we talked about this is what if Batman became a mob boss and that's why I brought up Seduction of the Innocent. And we're literally talking about that on another recording tomorrow night about Robin for another podcast. But Batman's adoption of Dick Grayson, young Dick Grayson, and him becoming his ward, uh, a lot of people in the 60s and, and dressing up in tights to fight crime, a lot of people said, whoa, what the fuck? Bruce Wayne sure. is a pedophile. Sure. And I would argue, and not, and not agreeing with any of that, to be clear, I would argue that is way more explicit than what you see Hunter Rose acting on with Stacy. To be clear, does Hunter believe that she might be the reincarnation of his long lost love. Sure. But love is and this love they show here of those two characters, the, the older woman when he was 17 is a sexual and a romantic love to be clear, but love transcends and becomes like a love and a bond and a soulmate thing. So if she is reincarnated as a soulmate and I'm someone who was raised in a religion of reincarnation, as long as you don't act on it and you're pure in your intentions, to be clear, he's not a pure person. He's a fucking stone cold killer, but his protection and his wanting to take care of her, it felt more noble than creepy and sexual. 
That's what I say, right? Yeah, I feel the opposite way. And maybe part of it is that you rarely see their relationship other than him putting her in pretty dresses and calling her things like my little dove, my little darling, my little, my little rosebud, which, oh, it's, you know, rosebud, you saw Citizen Kane, right? Mm -hmm. And then Citizen Kane's last words was rosebud. And that the joke there was supposedly that was allegedly uh, William Randolph's Hearst's nickname for his mistress's genitals. That I did not know. Is that an actual thing? That was that was the rumor at the time. It's okay, like but hang on. Now you're, in con- you're, in con- you're in fucking conjecture territory. It was a fucking sled, and yes, the sled was symbolic of something else. But come on, now you're reaching. I feel like no, that was Mary and David. That was hold on a sec. Let me look that one up. The rumor at the time. Oh, maybe it was was it Gore Vidal who said the rumor at the time. And this has it's one of those things where it's not clear whether it's true or not, but it ca- became. Feel circumstantial to me, the, my friend. It became true. If the glove does not fit, you must acquit, Ryan. <laughs> well, put on the glove and go find out. Well, look up, look up the meaning of rosebud. You're right. Is it is it definitive that that was the nickname for Marion Davis's <laughs> genitals? No, but it was the rumor at the time. I hear if you, I hear if you play Dark Side of the Moon backwards while watching The Wizard of Oz, it totally syncs up. And, have you actually you know, have you done you that? You that wait, 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 album, wait, wait. They're totally saying that Paul is dead over and over again. And if you play Kiss albums backward, it's satanic verses. So come on, have, man. This is like. Have, have you done that? Super- have you played Dark Side of the Moon backwards and watched Citizen Kane? Or not Citizen and watched uh, Wizard of Oz? I have. And it's pretty fucking it, cool. And it it's a pretty work. fucking cool. Yeah, it does work. It's a fucking coincidence, man. All I'm saying is you're in slippery slope territory, my friend. Is it a coincidence? Yeah, it's a coincidence, but it does work. But there was no the, intention, the thing. but there was no intention behind it. How do you know that's true? Circumstantial evidence, my friend. You're right. And so But here's the thing. So it, okay. That rumor became like this famous Hollywood myth. Whether it's true or not, it 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 became this myth around the creation of Citizen Kane. And so I'm just thinking about that in terms of what Grendel calls a Stacy. And plus, you have it in the text. He thinks of her as his, the reincarnation of his long lost love. So okay. as much as you want to say Batman dresses Robin up, okay, true, but he does never says, Robin, you are the reincarnation of my long lost love. That is explicitly but, okay. in the okay, text. Okay, so I'm I'm, li- I'm really I, I'm loving where this episode's going, by the way. Yeah. This is I want to challenge someone who was not raised with the idea of reincarnation. Uh-huh. Like reincarnate again, I'm an atheist now, but reincarnation has a significant meaning for me. It's a spiritual thing in the mm-hmm. sense that it's I was raised believing it, right? Belief, faith. And so something like knowing the reincarnation of a lover doesn't imply sexuality, does not imply pedophilia, is what I'm telling you. So that's a beautiful and a noble thing. She is the reincarnation of someone that I once loved. That is then someone you protect, you nurture, you care for. Even if you are a bad homicidal murderer, it's the one place where he shows some heart, a devotion to this person, and he's not necessarily acting on the sexuality that he had with the previous incarnation, because he probably knows that's wrong. There's actually a chapter where he murders a pedophile. Yeah. So, And, and so what I'd say is... One, you're you're running down a slippery slope argument, and that's okay. Circumstantial evidence and circumstantial beliefs and rumors. I would say that's pretty explicit evidence. 
Sorry, only come on. true, only come true if more and more people talk about them. Perception is reality is a thing. If a lot of us choose to believe a thing, it is true. When That's you're... how most religion was fucking formed. So all I'd say is, uh, I don't think it's a fair assumption. What you're implying, or come right out and say what you're implying, and I'm not defending Matt Wagner, I'm just saying I didn't see that, and the re- way you're seeing it is a dangerous thing in our society. We choose to see fire where maybe there's only smoke isn't where there's when there's smoke and enough smoke doesn't that usually mean there's a fire no Uh, it means you should you should look to check that there's fire you shouldn't pull the fire alarm immediately so a question there's a five-year-old girl in your care you believe she's a reincarnation of the love of your life what happens when she becomes of age i don't know I don't I I genuinely don't know. And he chooses not to address that in this. But what's interesting hmm. to bring it back to Grendel, to actually bring it back to Grendel a little bit. Apparently, after this book, they go into reincarnation of Grendel as a spirit, right? True. Yeah. And so I have no idea what they do with that. There's clearly some multi-generational shit going on because the lady who's writing the journal entry is Stacy's daughter. So. But again, I don't know, man. Like, again, this is not my belief, but like. When Grendel, when he was 17, 18, Mrs. Robinson did, I'm making a the graduate reference, with an older woman. So let me ask you that question. Was that wrong? Was Dustin Hoffman sleeping with Mrs. Robinson? Again, the 17, 18 thing, let's assume he's 18. Is that wrong or right? Could it be neither? Okay, well, there you go. Why so, does it have to? Um, that, but, but I don't know. That, 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 that actually answers the question you were going to ask. So when... Wait, what uh, question was I going to ask? You were asking me earlier if when... The whole Grendel Stacy reincarnation when she's of age. Is it okay if he acts on it? You but just that kind would of be. The question. Well, that's different. Why? Because she's a young girl. She's impressionable. He would essentially be cultivating her, right? That's actually a really good point. That I don't know then. So I actually don't have an answer to that point. So, wow, you might have won an argument there. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you should have led with that. We could have like saved the last 20 minutes, man. Well, hey, without an uncomfortable discussion about the relationship between Stacy and Grendel, we wouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> all I'd say is, to our listeners, in all seriousness, this has turned into more of a debate on circumstantial evidence and faith, but even the concept of reincarnation, if you were not raised with the belief of reincarnation, seriously, like I just challenge what your perceptions of it are, just straight up. Because yeah. like it was literally, and again, as an atheist, but it was something rooted in the faith that I was raised in and the culture that I was raised in. And I don't, if I had a conversation with a devout Hindu about that exact thing that you just said, your reincarnated lover, blah, 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 blah. I don't know, man. Like, I genuinely don't know. By maybe Western eyes, which is maybe mostly monotheistic, like cultural norms, maybe you wouldn't be okay with that. Yeah, I do think it's fair to bring Western eyes to Grendel because it's by a Western creator, and it's I know the Netflix actor is Middle Eastern, but fundamentally Hunter Rose was raised in the Middle Midwest. Sorry, my guess I think he's Muslim. Muslim uh, Islam is a monotheistic religion, and I do not believe reincarnation exists in Islam. So, just saying, don't 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 lump all brown people together, Ryan. <laughs> so the issue with the relationship between Grendel and Stacy is that we really don't see a lot of it. We see we see him doting on her, but it's in like the most. Oh, superficial way. Oh, Stacy, hello. I love you. You're my daughter. Let's go to a party. Let's go to the opera. You know, that sort of shit. Sorry, that's my that's my hunter. 
Hunter accent. <laughs> so, you know, and this is the issue, right? You but don't there, really... There's actually, by the way, just to support off some of your arguments, there's actually like a passage, uh, I forget where it was, but he's like completely unsettled for other shit going on in his life as a fucking psychopath murderer mob boss. But he's like, but when I'm with her, I feel... And this is before the revelation of she might be my reincarnated lover. Um, he's like, when I'm with her, I'm centered. I am at peace. I am not watched. All of these things. And again, right. to me, that was telling of that deeper love, not just like the sexual love, right? Yeah, the, my issue there is to use the old English creative writing 101 thing. It's telling, not showing, <laughs> right? He's just saying, oh, I'm so at peace with her. But you really don't get the nuances of her relationship. They tell it to you. Oh, yeah, she started to bristle under Hunter's watch. Okay, well, show me that, man. Like, there was a stir. Again, we talked about the missed opportunity between the drama between yeah. Hunter and Stacy. We really didn't get any of that relationship. What does he like about her? What does the wolf like about her? What? How does she think about him? How does she think about the wolf? You actually get that a little they, bit more they than really you get don't with explain. Hunter. Here's what's funny. No. They, they do more implying of the Hunter Stacy relationship than why is the wolf man into Stacy? <laughs> Right. It's a, again, that's the thing, right? She, Stacy, for most of it. Hey, Ryan, I just figured out what the song's going to be for this episode, actually. What's it, what is it? It's not going to be Poisons, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. It's going to be Fountains of Wayne, Stacy's mom has got it going on. <laughs> Continue. No, it's, it's, why is there, why are people so obsessed with Stacy when Stacy literally has no personality um, outside of being this helpless little girl, right? They they say, oh, I really, she's like a light or some shit like that, but you never see it. And that's a big oversight with this book that if you you dramatized some of the relationship between Hunter and Stacy or Hunter and or Stacy and the wolf, you could get the sense of, okay, this is what it actually is. But because we're left to conjecture, there's so much that's unsaid. And what is said is a little bit creepy how else are you going to really fill in the blanks, right? To your point, but bad that, writing allows you to fill... Did I say a little creepy? I meant really creepy. <laughs> a bad writing forces or allows you to fill in the blanks for the things that are not articulated well. Yeah. I will give you that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm all for ambiguity in writing, but I don't think this ambiguity was intentional because he does go out of his way to explain in narrative how he feels about Stacy, but... Even then, without seeing how they interact, you're left in the dark. But he's got a wicked cool mask and a pointy stick, Ryan. He does have a wicked cool mask that looks like Venom, and he's got a pointy stick that looks like Batman's ears. Double pointy stick. Exactly. <laughs> Ryan, we've covered a lot of territory. We've covered a lot of really dark territory, haven't we? But I only have one more question for you, which I actually don't know the answer to. What the fuck are we reading next week? Well, next week, we're going to really, really lighten things up. Just kidding. We're going back to the body horror. And that's with an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's The Mountains of Madness by the famed manga creator Gu Tanabe. Gu Tanabe has actually won an Eisner for his adaptations of many of H.P. Lovecraft's short stories. And... The Mountains of Madness, of course, is one of Lovecraft's longer works. It's a two-volume series, and that's what we're going to be looking at looking at next week. There have been a lot of adaptations of The Mountains of Madness, but I'm particularly looking forward to this one because I think Tanabe captures the essence of Lovecraft, the creepiness and the, the horror, perhaps better than anybody else. 
Yay! More scary Asian comics on quarantine comics. But a scary Asian, but also um, American, racist American, considering <laughs> Lovecraft. Anti-Semitic American meets Japanese. <laughs> it's like it's like World War II all over again. All allowed. <laughs> Tune in next week on a very spooky episode. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Be sure to share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. See lots of pretty pictures of the books we read at qtdcomics.com. And since we're sure no one's listening, prove us otherwise. Shoot an email over to say what I got right and what Ryan got wrong. qtdcomics at gmail.com. Give you a social media handle, but we're old, and that feels like too much work. I'm Roman Segel. And I am and have always been Ryan Joe. Stacy, can I come over after school? We can hang around and buy the Did your mom get back from a business trip? Is she there or is she trying to give me the slip? Just a fantasy